Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Shine a Light podcast. My episode today is with somebody I know very well. Uh, it's my brother, John Carolyn. So I was really excited to sit down with him. Um, you know, it's not often that we get to sit and talk about stuff like this. So um, that was fun for me. And just a note, he recommended for everybody to see Captain Marvel, which by the time this episode airs, it's been out for a while. I actually did go and see it that day because he was so adamant um, for me to go see it. And it was so good. So I highly recommend it, even if you're not, or even if you don't think you're into superhero movies, I would recommend going to see it because it was really good. Um, So that's it. I will let you get right into the episode. Thanks, everybody. you'd be that calm (laughs) it's under the rug hi everybody and welcome to the shine a light podcast Uh, my guest today is somebody very close to me and our first male guest so i'm going to have him introduce himself go ahead and introduce yourself hi my name's john carolyn and i am megan's brother Yeah, and we, so obviously we've known each other our entire lives. Um, And so, and what do you do? I'm a social worker. Okay. And what exactly did you want to shine a light on? I wanted to shine a light on um, the need for positive, encouraging, supporting mentors and role models, uh, kids feeling ostracized, kids being bullied, and how adults uh, stepping in and being their cheerleaders can make a huge impact. Okay. Uh, is it pretty rare and you that have you found to have male social workers? Very. Very <laughs> okay. much so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the minority as far as that goes. I think in my graduating class, we had three men, wow. which was the record at the time. Oh, my. School. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes. Yes, okay. definitely a minority. Okay. And um, when you were growing up, did you think you wanted to go into this field or what besides being a ninja turtle or a ghostbuster which we will get into what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up oh goodness uh well growing up i i don't know that i had a career path or a feeling like i want to be this i want to be that i definitely felt as a young kid i remember feeling ostracized i remember feeling not included uh, definitely bullied. Um, my, I was thinking on the way coming here, one of my earliest memories is when I was in third grade, and I remember getting like some trading cards because the cool, cool kids were into trading cards, and I got some, and I was like, oh man, this will be the thing that gets me in the, cl- in the group. So I got these trading cards, and I remember showing one of the kids these cards and then him just telling me well that's not cool anymore Mm. and then it's like back to square one yeah finding what's the new cool thing right uh and i felt like i just never was included in not even the cool kids group just a group Mm -hmm. uh until really i got to high school yeah i was gonna say did Um, that continue in high school or how did that change in high school in high school i was able to find my group 
of friends. So I definitely had a core group of friends in high school. We were really close. And that's all I needed Mm -hmm. was just a little core group. Uh, Elementary school and middle school was definitely a struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, I know there's a lot of people who have, like, harder struggles and more difficult struggles than I do. But I can only speak to mine. Right. uh, So for me, you know, I grew up, I, I have epilepsy. So that was a continuous kind of point of of bullying was uh the fact that i was different in that way and i just liked different things than Mm -hmm. what a lot of the kids liked so that if you're different in any way or not even different if you're just unique if you're just your individual self uh you're kind of targeted at that age to to be a subject of bullying so right um and i can also remember well-intentioned supportive adults Wanting instead of encouraging me to say, you know what, embrace who you are, this is who you need to be, um, we love you for that, trying to kind of guide me into what the cool kids were doing mm-hmm. and change me into what that would be. So that way I could I could then fit in and then the bullying would stop because I liked what they liked or whatnot. Yeah. When really um, I just needed that one person to tell me that, you know, you're okay hey, the way you're you are. all right the way you are. We yeah. like you that way. Right. Um, and I felt like that didn't really happen until high school when I found my core group of friends and we were all so different. Yeah. We came from very different backgrounds. We were all into very different things. Mm-hmm. We really didn't have that much in common, but we were as close as close can be. So, um, well, and you went to an all-boy, I hate calling it boys, but all-boys high school yep. where athletics was very much a thing. Like, yep. pretty much the athletes were the cool kids, I'm putting that in quotes. Mm-hmm. And you and your group of friends were not athletes. I mean, you wrestled, but you weren't, like, on the football team and right. basketball and things like that. Um, and I remember even in more in middle school, in my group of, you know, uh, classmates... There's maybe a handful, five to eight kids who didn't play football, mm-hmm. and everybody else played football. Right. Um, and so I didn't play. And so if you're, if, I mean, you're already just not part of the group mm-hmm. if you just don't play football. Right. So that was, I remember that feeling like, well, there's no way in. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll give a plug to a documentary that I watched that I would encourage people to watch. It's okay. called Reject. Uh, and it's more about what happens when people feel like they're not included and they feel ostracized um, and the impact it has on people. They uh, had done all these sorts of experiments and measured like their brain activity and things when they're not being included. And it's the same as like a physical pain type mm-hmm. of sensation is what your brain is picking up on when you're feeling like you're not included that's interesting so you actually feel physical pain which is uh something and i encourage everybody to watch it it's so good yeah they've done a lot of really neat experiments there was one that i'll talk about that uh you know they would have they'd be on a college campus and they would have a somebody walk by another student and give them a smile and maybe say hi and then they would have someone come up behind and just ask them a quick survey. Hey, how do you feel about the campus? Do you like people here? And generally, people that got the smile on the wave would say, oh, people are so nice mm. here. They're really wonderful. But they would also have people walk by and not acknowledge not them at all. <clears throat> and those people, generally speaking, felt like 
well, people aren't very polite here. I don't... And just those little interactions had such a big impact. We're always searching. We're always looking for how to be included in in a certain group. Right. That's... Yeah, that's really interesting. Yes, I definitely think it's important to just show little signs to people that you see them and you Mm -hmm. notice them. Yeah. Um, So besides your friends, did you have people who helped you or served as a mentor for you when you were either growing up or in high school? I guess I'll exclude the like the parent sector because the role of the parent and the role of a mentor are substantially Mm -hmm. different. So um, when I think about other mentors, I can't say that I had a lot of supportive, nurturing folks. Um, I think there are some, again, well-intentioned people that would try and kind of morph me into something. Um, But by trying to help in that way, it's really telling the person well, you're not really good that way. You right. need to be this way. Right. But I also had people, teachers or, or others, that would say, you know, what my what my limits were, mm-hmm. what my potential was, and why I couldn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple teachers telling me that I'll never go to college. Wow. Or that I'll never be what the other kids are. I'll never succeed like the other kids do because I'm different. Um. And I think for a while, especially when I was younger, elementary and middle, I just took that as like, well, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. That's yeah. how that is. Yeah. I'm well, and you have people telling you that when you're that young, you're going to believe it. <laughs> for sure. And if, when it comes from an adult, you think, well, they know. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. So when I went to high school and I was doing fine in high school in a college preparatory high school, I was starting to think more like, oh, I can do this. I can do this a little bit. Yeah. And you did go to college. You went away. You moved out of state. Um, Was there anything that played into the decision to go away? Or was it just that you wanted to get away? (laughs) Um, I was looking for a small school. I wanted a small school where I could have a better relationship with the professors and things. Uh, And there's a lot of big schools around here. Um, And even some of the smaller schools aren't super small right i wanted something that was more intimate that was more familiar so when we took a a visit to the university of indianapolis where i ended up going it just felt very familiar like what i had been used to so that was that was kind of the decision okay and did you know right away what you were going to go into or what what made you decide social work no 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 i can't even remember what your first like major was or if you had one gosh yeah i it was for the first two years, it was undeclared because okay. I didn't know. Uh, and then before the junior year, they make you decide. Okay. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll pick, I think it was education first. Okay. Um, which I wasn't, I remember some of those classes feeling like it wasn't quite the right fit. Mm-hmm. I remember we had, we would do little exercises and class projects that I remember... I was by far the most, I guess, for lack of a better term, like, progressive person Mm -hmm. that was in the room. We would have discussions about class, um, and, I mean, classes and, like, income. Right. And there seemed to be a lack of compassion from the core group of people that I was in this particular session with. And uh, maybe that's just, I mean, obviously that's not everybody. That's just the group of people that I was with. Right, that you were with, yeah. But, um... It just really turned me off from that 
sector. Okay. Um, so I went to English for a while, and then that wasn't quite the right fit. And then communications, because um, I thought, oh, that could be fun. But then I was like, wait, I have to give speeches? No, <laughs> yeah. that's not going to work out. So finally, I think I stumbled into a social work class, and pretty much right away I knew that this was something that I could do. Okay. Um, <clears throat> was there any part of you that was kind of like, this is... Uh, this is my chance maybe to give back to kids who maybe dealt with what I did or did you not realize that till later? Uh, I think at first it was like wow this is really fun to talk about like these social issues yeah. and these um, these different things that families are dealing with but after that it definitely became more of like a, a passion of mine mm-hmm. that I can give back to somebody else right. what I didn't have. Okay. And what steps did you take to get there? Did you find a mentor who was in that field that you kind of looked up to? Did you do internships? Like, what did you take to to get into that field, really? Once I got into that area, I was doing better in school than I really ever had before mm-hmm. because I think I was really passionate about yeah. that work. And um, the professors I had were amazing. Like, we had classes that were, you know, maybe as few as 10 people, as most as, like, 25 people. Mm -hmm. So, pretty small classes, and the professors got to know everybody. Everybody was uh, very friendly, and it was felt like a family. Mm -hmm. And that, again, feeling like part of the group was such a huge piece of it. Yeah, okay. So, your first job was with Big Brothers Big Sisters in Indiana, and what kinds of things did you find that the kids you were working with were dealing with? Uh, it's probably was, a wide spectrum, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was really, I guess, taken back by... It didn't matter matter what class they were in, what um, race they were, what gender they were. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Everybody that signed up for the program, they had a need for a positive adult in their life okay uh we had some people that were somewhat affluent and then we had some people sign up that were living way under the poverty level Mm -hmm. and so that didn't matter the need for an adult was still very strong okay Uh, i remember that striking me yeah sure and what i don't really know how to word this but like what kind of impact does it have on those kids like is this the only help that they're getting and that kind of automatically makes a difference I don't know if I'm wording that right but I'm just curious like what the impact is of having that positive role model because big brothers big sisters I'm assuming most people know what it is but a kid gets matched with an adult to kind of mentor them take them out do activities with them but really just like be their friend and talk to them so what kind of impact does that have on the kids I'm glad you asked (laughs) Uh, I worked at the big brothers big sisters uh, in Indianapolis for almost eight years so um, I'm familiar with the, the, the metrics yes. from, from the mentoring. Uh, it definitely has a huge impact on their self-confidence. Uh, their academic performance okay. can definitely improve. Uh, and their avoidance of those risky behaviors that they shouldn't be involved with okay. um, can definitely improve through mentoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the kids were, were involved with other programs. Maybe they had... Uh, a social worker come over but a lot of those a lot of those programs were helping more with like the, the family parents, unit yeah. and the parents yeah. than the the kid directly I right would say. okay 
And how um, was what they were dealing with different than what you dealt with as a kid? Or how was it the same, I guess, too? Um, I would say it was similar for a lot of the kids. Just that feeling of um, desperately wanting that person to be their cheerleader, to mm-hmm. be their um, their role model, that person that believes in them. Uh, but there were there was definitely some differences. There were challenges that I didn't have to to face mm-hmm. um, you know whether that be you know kids who are living in poverty or you know kids who are facing prejudice based on uh, their race or gender right. like I didn't have to deal with those issues obviously right. so okay. um, that piece was different okay and you absolutely loved what you were doing right? definitely yes <laughs> definitely I would work with matches and to, to see the results from the beginning of the match to the end of the match was amazing. Because mm-hmm. when you get into social work, some of the areas of social work you could get into, you're dealing with a crisis of some sort. So right. a family comes to you, you deal with the crisis, the family goes, and you never really know what happened. What's yeah, the end you don't of get that, that follow-up. Yeah. Um, and you don't know. And for Big Brothers Big Sisters, what I loved about it was that you could get matched and you could see that where that child is from the beginning and then if they made it all the way to where they were 18 and they were graduating yeah. you could see the end result like a huge 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 piece of it that's right. why i loved it did you ever see a kid turn into a mentor mm-hmm. okay yeah definitely we had kids turn into mentors uh i remember i mean there was kids that they I would they would be matched when they were eight mm-hmm. you know and we're still matched when the child was 18 okay and they were together wow um so to have that kind of consistent influence over that course of time is going to have a huge impact on somebody right and what uh what kind of traits does it take to be a mentor or a big brother in this case or a big sister um but i think in general just to be a positive mentor um i'll say almost anybody can do it okay. mm-hmm. um I, there, I somebody once told me and i think it's very true that it's simple but it's not easy yeah so you know the pitch that they tell you as far as the time it takes is like six hours a month it's about two visits a month for six hours it's a year commitment blah 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 Mm -hmm. but really when you get down to it it's just being that supportive nurturing person and if you can do that a couple times a month um you know you can be a mentor to somebody Okay, I want to get into the job you're in now. Sure. Um, so what made you and your wife, Sarah, decide to move to Detroit? Because you were at Big Brothers in Indiana from college up until, what, eight years later? Until uh, 2015. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what did what made you move back to Detroit? Uh, we wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every time we came up to visit family, Sarah was like, I love this city. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, she was very enthusiastic about it. Yes, I want to be here. Uh, so that was definitely a big part of it. Um, you know, our dad being sick mm-hmm. was a part of it. Being able to spend as much time with him as we could. Right. Uh, being closer was a piece of it. There was a lot of exciting things happening in the city. Yeah. Uh, so for us, it was just kind of like we needed a... I think we also just needed a... a a change we right. needed something okay um and this was felt like a, a good opportunity okay so now you are at the children's center which is in detroit and mm-hmm. you've been there how long now uh, about three years okay 
And how is it the like similar, or how is it different than Big Brothers Big Sisters? Because it's not really a mentorship program, although that's part of what they do, right? A little bit. Um, I would say like unintentionally. Okay. Uh, some a little bit sometimes, yeah. Uh, so at the children's center, the children that we're dealing with have those similar issues of you know they could be being bullied, they could feel ostracized, but it's even more than that. The kids that we work with, about seventy percent have suffered abuse or trauma or neglect of some sort. We work with kids that are in foster care. We do licensing of foster homes. We do adoption services. We have an autism center that wow. helps those children. Um, you know, we have a, a crisis center, right? A crisis yeah. center. So um, definitely a, like a well-rounded mental health agency uh, mm-hmm. that you know, these kids are dealing with some significant issues on top of, you know, those that we talked about already. Yeah. I I wanted to ask a little bit about bullying now versus bullying when we were kids. Because when we were kids, it was kids being really mean to each other and passing notes and maybe beating somebody up on the playground. Mm-hmm. But now there's a lot more social media bullying. So do you see that in your work? I do. Um, there's some... And I think in some ways it's even harder to be bullied today, mm-hmm. but in some ways there's kind of like a, a safety net too. Mm-hmm. Um, so kids who are being bullied today can't leave school, go home, and just kind of forget about it for yeah. a few hours. They don't hear about it till the next day, maybe. Right. Or by then somebody they've forgotten and moved on to somebody else. Kids yeah. today, if you are on any social media, you could be getting bullied all throughout the night, all the next morning, all the time, mm. um, which is a huge problem. Yeah. But at the same time, the what social media and this age has offered kids is the chance to find their niche. So you could find a group of people who like the same things that mm-hmm. you like and start, you know, being included in that group. Or, right. Uh, so there is some benefits to, you know, being in this age, when we were that age, like that wasn't a possibility. If right. you just weren't included, then you just weren't included. Right. Okay. Um, what do you think are some myths or misconceptions about bullying, whether it's traditional bullying that we know or bullying now? Um, just I think especially for boys, it can be a little bit like, well, just toughen up. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's fine. It's just boys being boys. Right. It's fine. Right. Or, you know, they'll tell you that words can never hurt you kind of thing. Uh, But the truth of the matter is it does. Yeah. Uh, It does have a big impact, especially on, you know, uh, on boys when you think about those, what they're saying by those things is either it's not that important or I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And so to be told one of those things is, is definitely not helpful. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it makes it even worse, probably, because then right. they're like, well, this adult doesn't that I trust doesn't even believe me. Right. Um, how do you not take everything home with you? So you deal with a lot. Obviously, you said 70% of your kids have suffered abuse. So there's a lot of trauma that these kids are dealing with. How do you go home and, like, kind of take a break? Because <laughs> I feel like that would be my biggest struggle if I worked in, in what you're doing, is I would think about those kids all night long. So yeah. how do you do that? <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's the... You, you, there's a few things. Uh, one is that I really make a, a conscious effort to leave work at work. Mm-hmm. So, like, even when I come home and I'm talking to my wife, Sarah, like, 
we'll talk about other stuff. Right. Like, she doesn't know a lot of what happens at my work because I try and go, like, overboard to keep work at work and home. home. Okay. Uh, but I also find fun things to do, fun outlets for me mm-hmm. to be able to de-stress. And you also have to hold on to those, like, really inspirational, touching moments that you have, you know, when you're at work. Say, yeah. this is why I do this work. Okay. I have an example. There was a, a girl that uh, we were working with, and she uh, she definitely had, like, a, a, a guard up to mm-hmm. anybody that was, you know, trying to be nurturing, which is something we see often. Yeah. If you've been hurt or harmed by those closest to you, you're going to kind of make efforts to push other people away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember, like, she was always just kind of, like, kind of, pushing all the the help away well one day we have a homework help program and i was assisting her with her homework and she was getting the questions like left and right she had no issues getting getting the homework done so i said you know i'm gonna help somebody else it sounds like you got the hang of this and she goes no no no, no just sit with me just sit with me and she just wanted me to sit there yeah. and encourage she her just wanted the and that's all she, that's <clears throat> that's all that she needed so you just take things like that and you remember that that's why you do the work right what is your favorite part of what you do at your job now? Um, I would say seeing the volunteers that come back over and over again because they see the huge impact that they're having. Yeah. Um, when our volunteer will show up for our homework help program a couple times, the kids get to know them, and mm-hmm. then they kind of expect that they're going to keep coming. Right. And when the volunteer shows up again, the kids are so excited, and they're running up and giving them a hug, and that's just so cool to see. Yeah, so I, consistency is probably something that the kids you're working with need. Like, yes. routine consistency, because it's probably not what they're getting at home, I would assume. It could be. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of, you, this is kind of going back a little bit, but you said you find fun things to do. And so, one thing I wanted to make sure I talked to you about was your Ghostbusters group. So, can you tell everybody what that is and why you guys kind of started this group? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, the 313 Ghostbusters, you can find us on Facebook, Uh, we're a fun charity group, Uh, it's just this little community that I found, Uh, I grew up loving Ghostbusters, I grew up loving Ninja Turtles and X-Men and all these comic book things, Uh, and for a while that was my group that I was included with, Mm -hmm. so uh, they came actually to the Children's Center and did an event where I saw that this was a thing. They dress up in full Ghostbusters costume, uh, uniform as we call it, (laughs) and we have our equipment. We do uh, charity events throughout the year, and so when I saw that they were coming, I was like, I need to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. So How do I sign up? Where do I sign? So um, anyway, the 313 Ghostbusters are a charity group primarily focused in Detroit, We do uh, walks for charity. We've done Halloween events for charity. About once to twice a month, we'll have an activity. And we actually collect funds for charities Mm -hmm. as well. So it's a way that something that we all love in our group, we love the Ghostbusters. It's a way to not just bring it to a new generation, but to have a positive impact you know, through our love for Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that even though it's completely different than what you do in your 9-to-5 job, it is still a way to provide a positive mentorship or role model to kids. So what kinds of things happen when the kids see you? Like, what's that interaction like? Oh, man. (laughs) Some of the kids, 
Uh, it's funny, we've had we've been to events, my wife dresses up as a Ghostbuster from the 2016 movie. The uh, all-female cast. The all-female yeah. cast. <clears throat> and some of the kids will come up to her and be like, oh my god, I loved you in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, girls especially, and they're like, you were so great. And then they'll look at me, I'm dressed in the 1984 yeah. costume, and they'll say like, who are you? Boys aren't Ghostbusters. Because yeah. <laughs> they don't know. They're kids. Right. They've never seen I, I dressed up with you guys once, and a little girl came up to me and told me she plays my video game every night. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I was, like, so touched that she plays my video game. Yeah. <laughs> so just to see, like, if you can imagine, like, the people you see on screen come to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of for the kids what it is. For the adults, they love it because they remember it yeah. from their childhood. Right. Um, you know, we've had some kids come up and, like, want to have our autograph mm-hmm. or uh fun things mostly just you know pictures and and asking what we're doing and you know telling them it's for a good cause yeah and do people say like the ghostbusters have made an impact on my life like do you ever hear things like that and how does that make you feel definitely uh we definitely hear from from people who you know like grew just up the other it. day we were at an event for the american cancer society and there was a a child who came in and he saw us and he was so excited uh and as soon as he saw us he wanted to get his picture and then he went off with his parents and his dad came up to me later and he said as soon as he saw you guys he turned on the ghostbusters on his ipad and he started watching and he wanted to see all about it so he it's just really cool to see you know the the kids getting into it but it's more than it's more than just ghostbusters it's just you know for the entertainment that it provides for them it's really cool yeah okay i want to make sure we covered everything you want to talk about as far as like the kids that you see at work is there anything that we missed that you wanted to make sure you discussed or like what kids are dealing with now or mentorship in general um i guess i would say uh just the importance of programs like big brothers big sisters and the children's center and there's you know Mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of them but the importance of those programs and getting involved in those programs whether that be by donating whether that be through donating your time mm-hmm. it's so so important and almost anybody can have an impact in one way or another through again if you're a donor or your time so. right okay how can somebody find a mentor i know through the programs that you talked about but say it's a kid who's like you know pretty average just kid just who just needs a mentor in general what are other ways that they could find a mentor like take those steps to find somebody yeah well i think there's a few things so a a child could find one kind of naturally in their environment Mm -hmm. so maybe they play a sport and their coach is a mentor to them maybe they're involved in theater and the teacher in that department is their mentor like they there's definitely built-in mentors that they can have uh but it's also important to know uh, who the mentor is and really kind of clear that person and know that they are going to be a good influence. Yeah. And that's why going through someone like a Big Brothers Big Sisters is so important because the screening process is so um, thorough right. that it does provide a little bit of assurance that that the person coming in is is a good influence and trust yeah and i would just say i would like to plug making sure you thank your mentors (laughs) um as you get older and kind of look back on life of who those people were i think it's so important to say hey i may have not even realized at the time that you were a mentor to me but you were and i i want to thank you for Mm -hmm. that 
Um, what resources have you found helpful either you mentioned, I know you mentioned the documentary, but um, other resources you found helpful either about like learning about bullying or just kind of mentorship in general. Are there any re- other resources that you would share? Yeah, uh, I would say there's a documentary, there's another documentary called Bully. Okay. And that one is, that one is more story based mm-hmm. and it's more talking to those kids who are experiencing it and how they feel. Okay. Reject is more scientific y okay. about. Uh, the effect that bullying has so they really are good kind of hand in hand to see the up you know the opposite sides of the coin right yeah okay what would you tell people who are dealing with being bullied or feeling ostracized right now whether Um, they're adults or kids (laughs) yeah sure uh there's somebody out there there's somebody out there that can make them feel included Mm -hmm. um you know, to to be ostracized and to not be included over a long period of time, when you start to feel like there's no chance for you to be included, it can really have significant impacts on those those people. Whether they turn to anger, violence, all those things are are you know mm-hmm. preventable if we all just step up and get involved in some way to to have a positive impact. Yeah, and I would say, you you kind of mentioned this, we talked about the social media, but there's even groups online. Like, if you can't find that group physically near you, see if there's a group of people who like the same thing you do that are all online somewhere. They probably are. Yeah. Um, Okay, and what would you tell people, we went over this a little bit too, um, who maybe want to do more and want to be a role model or a mentor for kids? Uh, Get involved in one of these programs Mm -hmm. because... You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to come up with a whole structure. Or like start your own nonprofit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just get involved with one of these programs that are doing already great work. Okay. Um, or, again, like find something that you're passionate about. Like, I was passionate about Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and then we have this club now. So if there's something you're passionate about, use that. Yeah. To make a difference. Maybe I should dress up as... Uh, Anna or Elsa from Frozen. Yes. <laughs> I bet little girls love them. We've had them come, people dress up as those two for, yeah. our, uh, for like birthday parties. Is there the a lot of screaming center. and hugging? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just craziness. I bet. Craziness. Um, okay. So as you know, most of my guests, I have to kind of explain this, but as you know, dad always said, build each other up, don't tear each other down, which mm-hmm. you obviously live by every day with what you do in your work but is there somebody that you would like to build up right now that is such a good question (laughs) um and i've actually been lately that's kind of my new year's resolution is when i see that somebody is doing a great thing or they're doing a good job or they're making an impact is to tell them that i think that they're doing a great job Uh, I think way too often we see great things and we're like, oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. But we don't actually tell the person that it's great. Right. We don't take the time to take that extra step. Right. I I sent a couple emails to a couple coworkers who I thought were doing an excellent job. Yeah. So I guess I would say like professionally speaking, I've tried to kind of role model myself after, well, my former boss, so Mm -hmm. you know it's not sucking up. Yeah. Uh, uh, At Big Brothers Big Sisters, Darcy's the CEO and she's fantastic she's smart as can be strategic um absolutely i've tried to pattern myself she's a mentor to you (laughs) i mean in a way she's your mentor yeah yeah definitely absolutely yeah okay 
Is there anybody else or like a group of people that you wanted to build up? Um, I guess I'll plug our Ghostbusters group. If okay. there's people out there who are interested in having us to things, uh, we actually have done, if it's a good fit, we've done the for-profit events as well. We don't, you know, charge to be at these events. We go for free, but we just ask if it is like a for-profit business that you make a donation to the charity that we're supporting. Okay. So. Yeah. And do you guys pick a new charity every year, every other month? How does we, that work? Yep, we reassess it every year. Okay. So on who we're going to pick as our charity of the year, mm-hmm. um, and so we collect for that charity throughout the year, but we also do events for yeah. lots of other charities throughout the year. Right. Okay. Um, okay, so now give a fun recommendation. I know the Ghostbusters is kind of fun, but uh, people have been giving like restaurants or songs or other podcasts that they listen to. I want to tell people to go see Captain Marvel. Oh, I want to see it. So I might go see that today, actually. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Oh, I really want to. It's not just great because of the representation of finally having like a female superhero that's like the star, mm-hmm. which is so important and so great. But it was a legitimately awesome movie. She was powerful. She was a bad A. Can I swear on this? Yes. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so go see it. Okay. It was great. Uh, yeah. I might go see that today. Um, and then social media. So we definitely want to plug the Ghostbusters. So what is their social media username? Is it just 313 Ghostbusters? 313 Ghostbusters. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, again, we're happy to come out to, to your charity events. Uh, thechildrenscenter.com okay. is the Children's Center website. And then Big Brothers Big Sisters is national. They're, yeah. they're all over the place. So no matter where you are, you can you can find a Big Brothers Big Sisters, likely. Okay. Uh, anything else that you wanted to say before we end? Um, <laughs> Final words of wisdom. Pressure's on. <laughs> you're the greatest. All right. That's another thing that my dad used to say, everybody, just if you if you didn't know that. All right. Well, that is the end of our interview. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have any questions um, that you want to follow up with, just uh, find us on Instagram or Facebook at Shine a Light Podcast. And thank you, Jonathan, I'm going to say your full name, <laughs> for coming on today. There you <laughs> <laughs>